What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Along the Keel, a podcast dedicated to the brands that are being built outside. In this week's episode, I sat down with Kyle Rawson, one of the founders of Mang, an apparel company with one mission in mind to change the world one mangrove at a time. With over 300,000 mangroves planted so far, Kyle and his twin brother Keith and co-founder are well on their way to restoring such an important ecosystem to our waterways both domestic and abroad. Along the way, they have helped educate and inspire others to do the same, and I'm excited to tell you all about it in today's episode of Along the Keel. But before I go, be sure to check out alongthekeel.com, sign up for our newsletter, check us out on social media, and go show some of our partners some love. The guys over at Chasing Tides who are writing some awesome coastal articles, whether it's a story, recipe, or a spotlight, as well as Waypoint TV, who is hosting us and helping us get out into the world and helping you find some awesome outdoor content. So with that, enjoy this episode of the show, and we will catch you at the end. I got the opportunity to give, to give fish kind of not pre front, but in the front, I should say, yesterday. And it, it was cold, but we caught some fish. Some nice oh, nice. Snook and jack. Yeah. yeah. Palm Beach. Palm Beach does, has a pretty good snook population, so that's kind of my main target species year-round. And then um, uh, bycatch would be like, you know, snappers. And yeah. um, sometimes we get some some tarpon that hang out for a little while. For a couple months, we'll get the tarpon to hang out in the, in the lagoon, and then they kind of come in and out um, yeah. throughout the year. Yeah. yeah, I've then, never gone fishing for um, snapper or jack. Um, well, no, I have gone snapper fishing, but um, not for jacks. And then tarpon. I mean, that's just those things are awesome. So much fun. Yeah, I've yeah, handlined those before, and those things just poof. Holy shit! <laughs> I, I don't recommend that. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, was off the dock. It was just it was just a, they've got a lot of power. Um, I don't know how big you're catching, but. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're definitely, they're big aerials and, and, you know, that's one of the blessings of living down here in Florida is we kind of have access to them year round. Yeah. And um, such a diverse, know, different, different spot. Know, yeah. Such a, a diverse fishery down there. You know, you got the, you know, the, the coastline, you got, you can go offshore and if you want, you can shoot out to the Bahamas and pretty much catch whatever you want. So, so you said you guys are based in, you're in Palm beach right now. Yeah. I'm in West Palm beach. Uh, okay. this is where our nursery's at. This is kind of like where we call it our mini headquarters. Uh, mm-hmm. So we keep we keep a lot of we have a, a smaller warehouse here, and then our main fulfillment center is down in Pompano. Oh so, wow! All right. And now, are you from Palm Beach area? Is that where you grew up? Yeah, born and raised. Yeah, born oh, and raised. Nice. The, the property I'm on it's been in the family for over half a century. Oh so, really? Yeah. So we've been here for quite some time. Um, some of the first, you know, not the first settlers to Florida, but uh, my mom's family came down in the early 1900s. So oh um, wow. I'm, I'm fourth generation. Um, my dad's size third generation. So um, you are a serious yeah. Floridian. <laughs> uh, that's as Florida as it gets, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what that's what drove me to to want to preserve and, and restore local habitats here in Florida. Right. Um, you know, five years ago. Um, and then begin to educate because we do get a plethora of of new people that come down here that just don't understand the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. You know, Florida is is one of the coolest ecosystems in the whole world. And for those of us that have seen it, at, and I, I would say I've seen it in a purer form, but I haven't seen it like my uncle, my aunts, my mom, right. or any of those people saw the ecosystems because it was completely different even 50, 60 years ago. Right. Um, things changed a lot. I mean, it's it's booming. Um, our economy is booming down here. Um, we're growing at rapid paces. I mean, our, our housing market is going insane right now in Palm Beach. It's just yeah. houses, houses are going on the market and they're literally going off in days and they're selling. Pe- people are having bid wars above asking price. Yeah. So 
things wow. are things are it's the place to be right now um <laughs> which means the system and our environment and all that stuff that we love to do go in the woods and you know because i grew up going in the woods i also grew up you know on the water right um but both of those things are <laughs> getting more and more pressure yeah it's kind of the... social media and social media bands and people that want to post glory um you know that that puts a little bit more pressure on things as well so you know there's more advertising than there ever ever has been for, for the state so we just got to make sure that we're out there and people begin to do their part yeah um, it's to, funny uh, how that... keep the resources around yeah so. you know it's funny that's kind of how that works is like you know although you want to have this really big economy and you know that drives and adds a lot of money and infrastructure and it improves you know Theoretically, it can improve everything, but at the same time, there's also some drawbacks to that when it puts a lot of pressure onto the ecosystem. You know, not only like the 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 actual infrastructure of towns and whatnot, but you know, all that kind of has to do with like stormwater runoff and that going back into the estuaries and into the mangroves, and it's just like this big domino effect. But you know, you mentioned that you grew up on the water and in the woods, so you know, being a Floridian and growing up down there. I mean, I lived in the St. Augustine area for a few years, so I kind of have a rough idea, but I mostly grew up, you know, here in Rhode Island. So Northeast and the Southeast are drastically different, right? So growing up, was it just boating, fishing, spear fishing, the whole, like the whole bit? I can, I'm just trying to put it in my head and I can imagine what it would be like growing up down in Florida. Yeah, everything everything around the water was going to beaches, parks, national parks, you know, going fishing with the parents, going fishing with the uncles, whatever it was, we, we had kind of access to the playground. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was, we can, we can fish here year round. It's not, we don't really have like a winter where it's like, oh, it's off limits. Mostly it's just when it's, it's blowing 35 out and you're like, oh, I don't really want to go out today. Right, right, right. <laughs> anyway, sometimes, you know, cause why not? So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, that was it, you know, and I spent a lot of times when I was in high school, just, you know, um, enjoying the woods and then, um, you know, just, just hanging out, man. It was a yeah. good time. It always, always was a good time down here. So, yeah, no, I can just remember, you know, growing up and, and living down there and it was, uh, you know, no video games, no, none of that indoor stuff. It was just, all right, you know, sun's up, go outside, like go find something to do. And there's so much to do in Florida where, you know, you got the mangroves, you have the, the estuaries, the salt marsh. I mean, it's just, it's kind of endless, you know, from an ecosystem perspective, there's just so many of them wrapped into one really cool state, you know, besides, besides like you don't have any mountains, Florida's pretty flat, but I mean, if you're a boater and an outdoorsman, I think you can make up for it. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, your background, like, did, how did this all come about? Were you going through school? Like, did you go to college and then you, you, you know, went to school for something specific that kind of introduced you into the, you know, the, the idea of conservation and then merging it with an apparel brand? Like, how did this all kind of come together? Yeah, sure. And that's a great question. So, um, back in 2013, um, I was in college at Florida Gulf Coast University, Mm -hmm. which is on the West coast of Florida. And, um, that's where I truly fell in love with inshore fishing. Like right from the start, like I started going on buddy's boats and like just exploring the mangroves and mm-hmm. catching redfish and snook. And dude, I was like, this is way too cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because like, you know, growing up from Palm Beach, like pitching the mangroves really wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of our fish were in deeper water. Like there, we were, it was like never really like, let's go pitch the mangroves for, for like three hours and catch a bunch of fish, right. even though they like coming in and out of it. But we were always in like, you know, th- this was kind of the time before polling skips were really popular. 
too. So like shallow water was kind of like more off limits than it is today. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and like flat spots weren't as, as much of a thing in Palm Beach because we were like either bouncing offshore or, or, or doing other things. So right. um, I went to the West Coast and just like fell in love with like sight casting redfish and snook and, and, um, and we were me and, me and a good buddy who was actually just here at the house picking up some swag. Um, he's a big time fisherman and him and I, um, we, we had the idea of come up to come up with like a mangrove camo. And from there it was like, you know, we were in, we were in oceanography class at the time. And that mangrove camo was like, dude, that'd be sick. Cause we both love <laughs> camo. We both love like the outdoors and like that blended with our style. Right. And I was like, dude, that'd be sick. So, um, that was really the start of the, like the concept was just having a, ca- a wicked camo <laughs> and then uh, pursuing, uh yeah super funny and then uh since i was pursuing a degree in environmental i knew it had to have like some component that like back to the environment a lot of her even like you could even like take it like a worldly perspective mm-hmm. um like all the environments around the world because humans have that need to live like near the coast um like they're being degraded like people aren't appreciative of that natural environment and kind of working around it when it comes to like building things we're kind of just like let's level it clear it all (laughs) out and then let's like leave nothing for nature yeah and it's really like a colonial minded thing i don't really know like what to say like the word would be but like it's really it's not it's not intuitive it's not smart and um it's really it kind of pisses me off because we can have so much we could have so many so much more cool like places to have that can be like everyone's versus like okay this is mine and no one else gets to use this right Right. so um i was like all my studies were around like pretty much like the environments on the decline the environments on the decline Mm -hmm. it's like well what are we gonna do what what's the like how do people begin to make a difference and um so we used to just literally sit round table, whether there was a couple beers and a napkin or, <laughs> you know, or whatever. It was just yeah. like me and my buddies and we would hang out and we would have fun and we would just like talk about ideas and brainstorm because it was like free to talk. Right. And, you know, a long day of fishing, we'd come back, we'd be hanging out and we would just be ripping ideas. And, um, and one day we said, you know, what are companies that we like, like the concepts of that give mm-hmm. back? And one of those companies was Tom's. Um, legit, like kudos, Tom's like, you're, yeah. you're badass. Um, but the one for one model was really like the base of like where we started in our foundation. Cause we could like literally show, you could show that you were doing something like that was the whole point. The whole point was like, not only do we like, not only do we like sell like wicked cool apparel, but like, that was like, I never wanted to have an apparel brand, dude. Like mm-hmm. never once in my life like woke up one morning i was like dude let's sell apparel and like let's call it something and like let's do it like that's gonna be totally cool like now that wasn't that was never the story bro yeah. so um it was really the mission that tied me to actually like keep doing this day after day mm-hmm. because without that i would have already stop so uh, because selling apparel you know it, it's cool to make sales it's it's cool it's cool to have a business but if it didn't have the the mission it wouldn't no one wants to grind away five years of their life and almost have nothing to show for it besides a badass brand. Right. Um, you know, like, <laughs> you know, if it's money driven, then that's, that's different than if it's passion driven. So my passion had to be behind whatever I did. Otherwise I was quitting my job out the door. Yeah. It didn't matter. I yeah. had to do like, out. <laughs> the only thing I ever loved was working on boats yeah. and being and like being outdoors. So I got my captain's license right when I started the company as like a fallback, basically mm-hmm. just so like, if I didn't want to keep doing the apparel brand. I could always go back to the water. 
Um, so I still get, I still get my opportunities to go to the water still. Thank God. Yeah. Um, it's a good balance. That's where my, that's where my sanity is. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel that. So that's where it all tied. And I, so we commit my aunt Sherry, she started whipping up like these wicked paintings and my brother Keith, he had like, um, he's, he's super creative. He's my twin identical twin. And mm-hmm. he started literally just like blending this mangrove pattern. And then we came up with the name Mang. And, um, which and is a great there, name, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Mang works. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, Mang. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it took us three years to come up with the name. Like we had a name Mangrove Junkie, Mangrove Monkey, Mangrove This, Mangrove That. And it was yeah. right in front of us the whole time. And I knew I wanted a brand that was like solid, four letters, like Yeti, you know, yeah. shout out Yeti, whatever. Um, but like anything with four letters always brands well. It's easy to say, it's easy to, to remember. Right. Um, and, it, and it always brands well, no matter what. Shorter the better, in my opinion. Yep. So, um from there it was just idea development um my brother <clears throat> has a passion for horticulture mm-hmm. and that passion drove us to begin to cultivate our own mangroves um and basically learn the process of mangrove restoration so we were just like a self-taught ambitious um kids who just began doing their research began to make connections with our local counties and municipalities mm-hmm. and began to do the work like legit so we started growing you know we've got over thirty thousand mangroves growing right now Holy crap. um we've got we've got restoration projects going on in madagascar in the bahamas that are ongoing right now wow we've had opportunities to fund other projects around the world like in honduras and and mozambique and indonesia um and each one has a reason for why mangroves are on the decline mm-hmm. you know for Florida, our two main things is is hurricanes, natural disasters, and coastal development. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are like the two driving factors for mangrove decline. But around that, we have like all these other ecosystems that uh, we call commensalism um, is the word, but that actually kind of work together. And it's mangrove, seagrass, and oysters are kind of like the big three. Yeah, um, You have all three in an ecosystem. You have most more ecosystem biodiversity. You have all these different things, and it's all driven by water quality. So it goes back to your point earlier. It's like, so when we started Mang, we didn't even realize how big of an issue our water quality was five, mm-hmm. five years ago, I had little, like very little knowledge on like how bad our water quality was because of all these discharges and all this stuff happening. It wasn't even on people's radar yet. Right. So like, we jumped on Mang like right when environment, when the environment started to become cool to actually care about. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like when we jumped on Mang, then there was like captains for clean water, jumped on water mm-hmm. quality. All these other brands, all these other people begin to pay attention, start throwing money at the issue, and it's got it's gained more traction than ever before. So it really is like it's really cool to see something really grow mm-hmm. like this. Keith and I, you know, I was just spent December and Jan, you know, in January in the Bahamas planting mangroves. Yeah, I was watching you know, that. I was very jealous. <laughs> yeah, like that's wicked cool. Yeah. And like I didn't really get the opportunity to fish the whole time I was there, which is like obviously the, the itching, burning desire of like, you know, my, you know, for like bringing me, like connecting me to the Bahamas more. Right. But the opportunity just to be there, to associate with the community, to tell people about the project, to see people light up about mangrove restoration, mm-hmm. to work with cool people and partnerships, to develop like this very uh, full set, full scale community um a community enhanced mangrove restoration project sure really is uh it's it's super cool to be hands on the ground with so yeah um we're yeah. going to be back a couple more times this year to to continue that project begin to build nurseries over there um with the locals 
and then just kind of be as a source, a liaison, a, a, a support structure for continued mangrove, mangrove restoration in the Bahamas. So. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, holy crap, man. I mean, this is awesome. You know, it's just, it's, it's really cool to see someone that, you know, right out of college, you know, instead of going the, the nine to five route, it was like, no, I'm going to start this, this mangrove restoration company and then spin it off to a brand, which is kind of unique. You know, a lot of times I feel like most brands start with, I want to make money and I'm going to do this by representing what I like to do, which in your case is, you know, fishing the outdoors, the, the Florida lifestyle. And then they, you know, it's kind of like this, this kind of behind the scenes is, oh, and by the way, we also help, you know, restorations or we also do this versus you guys are the complete opposite. You guys started with the passion of, no, we want to preserve our ecosystems. And how are we going to do that? We're, we're going to sell apparel and that, that, you know, makes a difference. Right. So coming out of college, you know, I know you kind of gave us the whole, the, the whole summary of what Mang is, but what was this process like? Like, how did you even start to think, all right, well, it's going to be a mangrove, right? And then we're going to, we're going to get these mangroves, we're going to grow them. And then, you know, cause there's this whole logistical, I'm sure logistical challenges this is going with selling t-shirts, but then turning them into mangroves. Not only that, but mangroves, they're living things, right? So, you know, your brother being the horticulturist is, you know, he's in this unique spot to really kind of perpetuate the the growth of the company because the more mangroves you grow right the bigger mang you know as a whole gets right so how did that all kind of play out like what was the first few steps Jeez, i mean i mean <laughs> you know not having a business degree I, I i don't think i knew how crucial a business plan was <laughs> until like a year in yeah <laughs> so that was like one of the fun things was like okay so we started throwing logo on a hat like mm -hmm. so we started with like just one baseball like one trucker hat legit I started like just for con like proof of concept basically. Right. And that's where it started. It was like drew the logo, got it, got the hat embroidered, uh, went to a fishing club meeting and was like, yo dudes, do you like this hat? And will you buy it? And it plants a mangrove. Is this cool? <laughs> and from there it just it did. Yeah, like yeah, they're like, Yeah, that's cool, man. Like, yeah, yeah, we dig it. So from there I was like, Okay, well, so um, what do we do next? So we started with like uh a design for a shirt right so then we lost a shirt and you know of course like being like young kids and they're like oh this is cool i want to support kyle i like kyle like whether they liked me but you know whether they bought because they liked me or was just <laughs> they actually liked the concept right um i think obviously i think it was a combination of, of the both right mm -hmm. um but they didn't see like no one could see the mission of where we were going at that time mm -hmm. because we didn't have like we didn't have like this huge mangrove nursery yet we didn't have like in all these like places we didn't really even know where we were going to be planting yet we didn't know how to plant like proper technique we didn't know any right. of that stuff we knew that we had something that like people could hold on to mm -hmm. uh, that people that people would like really like to get involved with you know like because every person was like you know let me know when you need help let yeah. me know when you want let me know when you need help like collecting mangroves and it was like okay cool so we were able to to bounce from that community in fort myers and then i brought um, you know, then I quit my valet job cause I've worked valet, <laughs> boat clubs, Side wherever. Hustle, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> I made subs at Jersey Mike's like I've done it all. Did you um, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I worked awesome. at Eddie Bauer. I worked in retail. I've worked, um, I've worked almost every job, but I always at the nine month mark, I was out unless it was outdoors. <laughs> so I had to be outdoors. I had to have an outdoor component to my life. Otherwise I'm out. Yeah. So I, uh, <clears throat> quit my job and, and. My mom's got a pretty wicked property here mm -hmm. and 
Um, and she's a really, she's a very smart uh, interior designer um, and, and just wicked kind of genius, like mad genius. So um, she actually came up with the name Mang legit. So oh, that's I was awesome. like, that, so like kudos to mom. Yeah. Um, she, actually, she actually works for the company still as a, uh, a part-time employee for uh, a director of sustainability. So mm-hmm. she brings the company more sustainable. So she's always looking up like fabrics, materials, all that oh, stuff. Cool. And like, yeah. like, we have like, we have like a full like grid, like global map that like leads towards like Mang being a super sustainable brand because the apparel industry is that has that inherent, like bad for the environment kind of thing, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Um, but at least we're understanding that. And like, we do have a view of like where we want to be or where we want to go versus like where we're at. Yeah, sure. So just like building from there, we like started like doing like these little troughs on, um, actually everything kind of started on pallets and like, you know, water irrigated from above and then right. we started building building troughs and then just slowly started building the nursery year after year, getting more seeds, getting a better understanding. And then, mm-hmm. um, began sourcing projects. So I started calling counties and like this and that, and it was pretty much like sales. Right. <laughs> you know? Cause I like, hopped on the phone and like started making relationships and it took a while. Um, and you know, it's like the kid who like knocks on the door a hundred times and then he's like, <laughs> Oh, he's still there. <laughs> yeah. Still hey, how's it going? <laughs> and we were offering free mangroves and just a, just wanted to be a part of like the restoration projects that were going on in our local lagoon. Yeah. And, um, eventually we got in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, we like, I liked, I liked the model, like crawl, walk, run kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we started just like, like crawling with that relationship and, and adding a little bit more and more value each year, um, to where we're almost the sole source of mangroves provided to our local lagoon now, um, forever, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah right. Right. Yeah. Um, we've, we've branded ourselves here. We've branded ourselves in other places across the state. Um, and then now we have an international presence as well that we're, we're beginning to build more and more. Yeah. So, super phenomenal. Um, it's, yeah. It's super cool. So wicked cool. So where did this, um, you know, you mentioned like it was, it was kind of like sales, you know, and having, you know, been in a very similar boat with, with you is like, you know, I have my captain's license as well, but the, the journey to getting there. I had sales jobs. I've worked in boat yards. I've kind of, and I always say like every part of the marine industry, I've probably done it to some sort of capacity, even if it was really small. And then outside of that, you know, just working random jobs, right? Until we landed on where we are today. But in that process, you know, you learn a lot. So when you were going out and reaching out to these companies or I'm sorry, municipalities, what was really some of the the challenges of getting over. Cause if I'm a municipality and I'm thinking, Oh, this kid's going to offer me free mangroves and then put them in. What's the, like, what's the negative there? I don't know if there was a negative. I think everyone always jumps to like, this person wants money. Right. Um, and then I just kind of kept pounding on like, no, these are going to be free. I just like, need, I just want access. And you know, like they had community, like you could get signed up for community projects, but I wanted to like always have a bigger part in that. Mm-hmm because I believe we can bring the community together like in multiple, multiple ways. So right. Meg has been able to blend like our education, our, our restoration practices. We've been able to add value in different ways to um, uh, more specifically, we could, we could even shout them out. Palm Beach County, Erm. Mm-hmm. they've been, building these, they've been building these badass islands um, with these great project managers that just have been killing it for the past 15 years. Yeah. And um, you know, we just have the, the, this awesome access with you know mangroves that are i mean dude we legit plant two to three year old mangroves like really we don't 
we're not planting seeds. We're right. not just going picking propagules. We're growing trees. Right. And then we're planting them. You know, the, the communities can go up to the islands once after restoration and see green. Wow. You know, you know so it's, it's a, it's a huge impact to be able to kind of go from, you know, something like that and just, you know, I just love the word patience, you know, it's yeah. just patient, patient and, and just have a focus and, and a mission and, and drive to it mm-hmm. um, and just keep, you know, just keep pounding it, you know, and then you'll make a name for yourself. Yeah. You know, I think everyone quits right before, right before they've made it, um, you know, and everyone drives success from a different value. Mm-hmm. So that's really where I, I think comes home. Like Keith and I, we were two individuals who were driven, who didn't need to get paid anything. Mm-hmm knew we had a mission we and we knew we had something and we didn't want to go work for the man right so that was it <laughs> so. that was beautiful was beautifully said <laughs> uh so you know you mentioned this whole like you keep on mentioning this whole idea of like a process right in process mm-hmm. and patience go hand in hand right because without patience there is no process and without process you really can't have patience so you know, you kind of going through these steps, what did, what were some of the challenges that you incurred other than obviously the sales aspect of it, but the, you know, the actual planting of the mangroves. I mean, I think I saw an Instagram story of yours where you're in the Bahamas. I think it was, was it the Abacos you were on? Mm-hmm. And all yeah. of a sudden, like your tire blew out or it was flat right on the yeah. island, like stupid stuff like that comes up that you would never in a million years think of. But, you know, here you are on the side of a road with a trailer full of mangs and you're like, oh, now what do I do? Right. So and then there's a whole question of, you know, these are living organisms. Right. So when you do plant these trees or is that the right word? Are they trees? Are they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Trees. All right. If they're trees that you have this massive impact that's immediate, you know, and you said it yourself, like you go onto one of these islands that was first barren and then all of a sudden it's green. You know, and here in Rhode Island, I guess the equivalent to a mangrove would be seagrass, you know, an eelgrass. Yeah, Yeah. salt marsh, right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and there's a company here, I'm sorry, an organization here called Save the Bay, and they do salt marsh plantings, right? So in in a similar sense, they're doing something relatively in the same realm. So, you know, I guess the question for you would be like, after this immediate impact, where do you really see the mangroves and mang kind of having a, a long-term impact, right? And we can even get into the whole fact that it's creating an ecosystem. And that ecosystem is is one that perpetuates, you know, it, it, it perpetuates into the fisheries and then beyond that all the way to tourism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so mangs, so this is how I view it. So mangroves are like, Mangroves, Mother Nature plants best, one hundred percent. She's been doing it for millions of years. She does it way better than me, and she always will do it better than me. Mm-hmm. But so, Mang's point of view is humans can have a small part in making a difference um, because when we do get involved, I mean, I'm speaking with you today, for instance. I mean, the opportunity to educate and to build a community of like-minded people that care about our environment mm-hmm. is really the message that like really, really binds us all. Um, and that's truly like, that's truly the most beneficial thing. If you ask me, Mm -hmm. because because that was like the whole purpose for me, because I loved like one of, one of my passions was teaching when I was in college. Mm -hmm. I love to educate people about things. It's one, it's just one of those things that comes naturally to me. So that was like, I was like, well, I'm not going to go be a teacher because I don't want to make 40 grand here. Right. (laughs) I don't want to be able to teach a small group of people. I want to be able to teach a larger group of people. So 
as we build bang, that's like a big understanding of ours is like, we're only going to be continually continuing to build education platforms around coastal ecosystems. Um, and that very well could be marsh grass one day. It very mm-hmm. could be pine tree forest. It could be other things. Cause my brother, Keith, he's wicked cool. He's got, <laughs> he's got 3000 ideas and he wants to plant way more than just mangroves. Yeah. So not that we're going to jump, we're not jumping ship yet. <laughs> we're not there yet, but like he's, he's dedicated his life to planting trees and, and I've dedicated kind of my life to education, um, and doing all this and the apparel is just like kind of the means to get there along the way. So right. um, I look at it as like a longer journey versus most people more, like, like we got, it goes back to cash bro. And, and it's like all about, and it's all about your own personal experience. Obviously cash makes the world go around mm-hmm. and like, that's how people get by. We need it. But <laughs> it's a we, thing, but we weren't ever ambitious to be like, we need cash. Like, we we've organically grown Mang for the past five years. Mm. We have no capital investors. We have no anything else. We were just we knew we just knew concept, stack cash, buy new inventory, concept, stack new cash, buy inventory. Mm. We've never we've never taken a business loan. We've never taken anything like that. Um, so it's it's interesting because you hear people, oh, you can't grow companies organically without investors, this and that, or like supply chain or whatever um you can't because you're getting so big that the, the animal is eating more mm-hmm. um so there is a point where that turning point you're like okay well, now we're now we're thinking about a business loan because it makes sense because you can invest in two employees that do xyz or and can bring you back x roi right. um, and all that stuff so each person can have a different journey it can be a 10 million dollar company in two years you can be a $10 million company in 10 years, you know, whatever you want to do and how mm-hmm. much stress you want to take on along the way, I guess is, <laughs> it's, it's all up to each person. And can you still yeah. go fishing during <laughs> all of this, right? <laughs> uh, there was many, many fishing trips uh, put off for many, a long time. Yeah. Many weekends dedicated to slanging the brand on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, in 2019, Keith and I worked 27 events which were all on weekends, wow. which means we were working a full work week and then going out on the weekend and selling, coming back on Mondays and getting back to work. Yeah. So um, that was just for events. That wasn't going to galas. That wasn't going to do educational talks. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we, t- we teach at schools all the time. I mean, we had, we had a booked life. Um, yeah. And then 20, 2020 hit, we were going right back into it. Right. <laughs> and everything just went yeah. and dropped out and things changed. And now there's a whole new perspective, whole new challenge whole new focus we were able to pivot go to our online store and say okay this is really where we're going to kind of build mm-hmm. our nest this year it worked extremely well we were mm-hmm. able to build a great online presence we we're able to expand our uh, our base by i think we almost doubled our base wow. if not more um and then it was just a great year for expansion for for e-commerce and then now we're back into 21 um, now it's about building retail, mm-hmm. more relationships in the community, building out our restoration models internationally, um, and really kind of starting to see the focus. And then we call it put the right butts in the right seats. Yeah. So um, this year, our focus last year was to hit kind of certain revenue benchmarks to show proof of not proof of concept, but proof of like we can do it. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's stretch the team and let's see how hard we can push to get there. And we did it. Yeah. So. Um, now this year was okay. Now we need to recalibrate. Now we need more people and more seats so we can actually begin to build the brand the way it needs to. Right. Because Keith doesn't want to be sitting in his chair as graphic designer every day, 
and and uh, you know nursery manager and you know all these different hats that we both wear at different times of the day right and that's wearing you know you have to have a moment where it's like okay here's clarity let's pivot let's put some resources into the most i think in my opinion one of the most important things is put resources into people mm-hmm. so um if you can actually put people in a seat they can bring an roi for your brand and business and you can see that and it's and i call it trackable which is yeah. super hard depending on what position you're in um then you can be, begin to build these kind of anti-fragile ecosystems so that um you're set up for success and not failure right right and you know you, you that right there what you just said anti-fragile ecosystems is is really what you're building both internally and externally right because in of essence a mangrove right you're trying to build this thing that is stable and can and hold within itself right so you building a mangrove is really kind of a metaphor for what you're doing with mang internally you know and just putting all the right pieces in all the logistics and and finding out ways to generate more revenue and, and putting the right people in place to really grow and perpetuate the brand but you know you really mentioned education Right. And that seems to be like a really big baseline for what how Mang has grown to where it is today. You know, and and the importance of education, I think, is, you know, obviously it outweighs the amount of you know Instagram followers you can have, although that really helps and perpetuates and, and creates more of a you know an audience for you. But you gotta have the the content and the knowledge and the the know-how to really back that up. Right. So you going out and, you know, I've noticed that you guys go out to a lot of events, do a lot of schools. You talked about, you know, going out to 27 events, um, you know, a few years ago. So what does that look like? Like walk me through some of these educational events and then the impacts they have on your local community, because quite frankly, community is everything. Right. You, you have to be known within your, your, your little niche and education is part of that. Yeah. So, um, there's really, uh, let's see. So you have, you have your three, we have our three main pillars for, for revenue mm-hmm. and then education and restoration are their own pillars. So, um, you have events, which is like seafood festivals, boat shows and the plethora mm-hmm. you have retail and then you have online. So you have your wholesale and online. So <clears throat> those are kind of the three legs we stand on. And then for education, it really is its own, its own kind of suite of <laughs> mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I don't I don't really know how to encapsulate all that. I just know that we I don't want to say we bite off more than we can chew because <laughs> I, I think we bite what we can chew. Yeah. But it really is just like, OK, um, it all kind of goes hand in hand, because when I'm doing an event and I'm selling main gear, mm-hmm. I'm not only selling the gear, I'm educating you about mangroves. Right. So when you wear a mang, you know, you're planting a mangrove you know about the ecosystem function because I just literally spit, you know, two minutes of knowledge to you, mm-hmm. to each of my customers about why mangroves are important for our environment. Right. So that's in it. That's kind of like education right there because people are like, what's mang? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like, I've never heard of you guys, but you guys been, how long you been doing this? Like, well, how'd you start this? How'd you do this? How mm-hmm. did like all the same questions you are obviously in a, in a more concise package. Right. But, um, that's the whole focus. So we're able to do that. We're able to go to schools. We're able to, to, you know, to go to the Bahamas and build, you know, help them build education programs there and, and, and talk to other people in the nonprofit world and, and build these partnerships with all these, all these NGOs that are in Florida and, and outside of Florida. And we, cause we've done these sick collections like today, dude, mm-hmm. today's what, uh, world wetland day or something like that. Something like that. And yeah. We, and then we just, and we just launched, 
a, a brand new partnership with Bonefish and Tarpon Trust that goes where all the proceeds go right back to our Bahamas restoration project. Mm. So it's like it's going money that goes to BTT so they can continue to fund research. They can be a silent, you know, not a silent partner, be an active partner with Meng. Right. And then we're all working with Bahamas National Trust and Friends of the Environment, all with the, all of the focus that restoration is going to be the glue that rebuilds the Bahamas, right. uh, at least from the ecosystem side. Now, as far as building the communities back that have been destroyed by Hurricane Dorian and all this and that, that's going to be a long term effort. man. yeah, people don't realize it's not America over there. This is the Bahamas. They don't have the they don't have the funds and resources and mm-hmm. the insurance and all the stuff that we have. We're blessed to have that can help to rebuild our communities faster. You know, right. So, right. And now, what do you think? How important has you know working with those NGOs and working with those and creating these partnerships has really been to perpetuate what Mang has to say? Like, has this been something that really kind of you know? builds the foundation for what you guys are because from a community's perspective like from a from a small perspective from where you guys started you know in your general vicinity which is you know w- which was Fort Myers um and and Palm Beach you know you guys are now very well known so when you try and go to branch out and reach out to the Bahamas and Madagascar and elsewhere in the world internationally and nationally how important is it to really getting that those boots on the ground and 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 partnering with these you know these trusts and foundations and NGOs you know when we started doing the the nonprofit partnerships um our first one was with Captain for Clean Water mm. and it was back 2018 when the when the red tide was was striking the west coast of florida yeah um and we, my brother keith had a, a florida design that he had drawn up to about two years prior um it's called the restore the flow mm, uh, i like that and it wasn't like that design was never actually for restore the flow it was just a cool florida with mangrove roots going through it right because mm-hmm. all, our, all our designs got a mangrove theme and he started throwing greens and blues and this and that and um it had a message. It had a story. It was an educational piece. And when we lost that shirt, it went viral, like mm-hmm. legit, like, you know, we were still a small, very small brand at that time. Um, and that was probably the first leg for like, okay, wow, we really can make an impact as far as teaching people about more than just mangroves and like all these other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we can also give a leg up to these nonprofits and teach more people from our community and our base. Um, because like you, like we kind of said earlier, back to an ecosystem, mm-hmm. um, and that doesn't work together, doesn't thrive and survive. Right. And that binds together, works together, whatever it is, um, and a forward mission to perpetually only increase our ecosystem services to our environment mm-hmm. so you know, um, moving in for a, a month or two to say hey we're going to give you a spotlight on our an individual spotlight on our on our website that's going to drive traffic back to your website more mm-hmm. people are going to learn about your mission hopefully you get more recurring revenue and recurring subscriptions or whatever it is right that your goal is right because each one has a different goal that we work with mm-hmm. and i get to learn I get to talk with the top scientists about sawfish. Yeah. I get to talk about the top scientists about roseate spoonbills in the Everglades and understand how all these ecosystems are connected. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these NGOs aren't connected because they all look at funding as 
if I work with you, then I'm taking away from my opportunity to, to touch different people to get funding. Right. So an old school tactic, if you ask me, mm-hmm. I think some of the nonprofits are going to be ones that actually glue others together and mm-hmm. build each other up as a, from the foundation. Yeah. Because if you're focused on the money year after year, and that's what really drives you, then that's missing the point mm-hmm. because then you're focused on the revenue and you're not focused on the mission. So that's where I find a lot of the nonprofits going. Um, um, not, not particularly ones we've worked with, I should say, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not, that's not what I'm insinuating. That's just from a perspective of, yeah, of how o- we all an overall perspective. Together. Yeah. I get you. I think there's a younger generation of like-minded people, people that are really tuned in with the environment, our mm-hmm. ecosystem that are like, dude, get out the way. I mean, not to call them oldsters, but they're <laughs> old. Yeah, get out the way old there's because the young bucks are going to come in and change the world. That's right. That's right. The young buck (laughs) coming in. Yeah. But you know what, man, you're so spot on and and not only from, you know, an NGO perspective and working with nonprofits, but also from a business perspective, you know, and and collaboration is really key. Like it it is the end all be all. Cause if you're not collaborating with other brands, then, you know, take for instance, if, if you use uh, Instagram followers as a metric, right? If you only have 10,000 followers and you don't want to collaborate with anyone else, well, you're going to have 10,000 followers. But if you can reach out to another brand like Mang and who has, you know, 10,000 plus followers, well, now you're reaching to a bigger audience. And I think the real the real goal for an NGO is just, you know, less about generating revenue, like you said, and more about value, you know, the value to the community, the value to what they're proposing, and then the value to the end consumer. Because I think what gets lost in translation. And I have a feeling you're going to, you'll agree because a lot of what you're doing is like this balance between the two is, you know, we need, we need money, right? Like we need this, this thing, this silly green paper that makes the world go round, you know, and you know, you got to sell t-shirts, but with every t-shirt you're, you're able to afford, you know, the next mangrove right? The next mangrove restoration or donate the money back to an NGO or, or what have you. So it's really this balance between, you know, conservation and preservation, the idea that we, we want to use a resource and we need to use that sustainably versus let's not touch a resource and let's not do anything with it. You know, and I think they both have their place, but in the case Mm -hmm. of a mangrove, which is so essential to an ecosystem from a fisheries standpoint, from a tourism standpoint, it's really critical that we all kind of work together and come together as a village because we're all here doing the same thing. Why wouldn't we work together? Right. And, And why wouldn't we, you know, try and try and make money doing it because at the end of the day, that's what's going to build it and grow it more. You know, I always kind of, I give the example a lot of the times of when I, my workout in Hawaii. So I was a captain out in Hawaii on the big Island and we would take people out and take, uh, take them to, uh, the manta rays and they'd go swim with the manta rays and swim with dolphins and whales and a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, not, not whales cause that's illegal. So we couldn't do that. But, um, but the manta rays, right. The manta ray, a, a dead manta ray, to the Asian market is worth like a hundred bucks. A manta ray to the Hawaiian tourism market is worth over a million annually, right? So that's reoccurring revenue for one ray. So, you know, I think if we put that in perspective and then we, instead of a manta ray, we replace it with a mangrove, you'll really see the benefit in working with other companies and working with brands because we're all here. We're all trying to create value. Why wouldn't we do it together? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there, there, that there's a, there's a process there, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
you're not going to brand up with someone that doesn't give you value or doesn't align with the same vision as you, right? So that's that's also something to be. If you're money driven, then you're not in my book, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know that. You know what I mean. Yeah. So that's you have to have. You have to have the mindset for Meng to even be interested in you. Right. You know, like we just don't we just don't partner up with people who aren't doing anything. The biggest thing we found with a lot of these these nonprofits that we work with is they just don't have a good they, their reach is limited to like their their sphere of people that they right. that love what they do right. So attracting new people and getting new people to see what they do is super 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 difficult. You wouldn't think it is, but it just is. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where we can kind of come in and help and give a little bit of a like kind of a jolt or juice or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and start to bring a little bit and then our ultimate goal is to be value creating and everything that we do with them. So whether that partnership, that partnership may end and where, where the proceeds part, part of that partnership ends, we still want to add value. So we actually keep landing pages for each of these nonprofits on our website. Oh, cool. You can go to the collection, you can click through, you can go to the bottom and it's like, a, did you know about what sawfish, you know, what, what, uh, mm-hmm. sawfish conservation society is doing or bonefish and tarpon trust or Audubon, Florida right. or cool foundation i mean we've worked with some sick i mean like legit looking back we've worked with sick nonprofits. yeah um, and it's it's super cool to be in the same room with these people that have very like-minded missions mm-hmm. but they're just have a different ecosystem um and mang is really focused on mangroves which kind of makes us unique over mm-hmm. even anyone we've worked with um there are a couple nonprofits out there i think uh, internationally that work on mangrove you know restoration and stuff um but there really aren't a whole lot here in the states um, so that really kind of brings us unique because mangroves are that, like that, that binding glue mm-hmm. mangroves and coral reefs go together, <clears throat> you know, mangroves and sawfish go together, mm-hmm. mangroves and, and, and birds go together, you know? <laughs> so it's like all these nonprofits need healthy mangrove ecosystems mm-hmm. for their nonprofit to be a thing. So right. it's really like the start. And then also above that, you have like cabins for clean water, which is about restoring flow to the, to the Everglades. Right. And, right. and now Florida Bay and all that. And so it's like Everglades Foundation and some of these other people. And that's really the, the critical component above yeah. that. So like without good freshwater flow, my mangroves, works. Are, my mangroves are not the most biodiverse ecosystem they could be. So mm-hmm. you need freshwater flow. So you need seagrass. You need oysters. You need, you know, healthy fish populations. We need regulations. We need certain things. But um, we, we still want everyone to be able to access those resources. Right. 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 and appreciate them and understand where they come from so uh we've got a hard battle it's just it's just this <laughs> but it'll be my whole life spent doing this yeah uh, and that's it there's just nothing else i'd rather do or think more fun so yeah well uh, i like how you kind of look at I, I like how you look at um mang is like this binder you know because that's what you're really bringing to these ngos that might think a little bit differently in their perspective and might not be as modern is that binding mentality, you know, it's like you're coming in with a whole different new attitude and, and you being a younger guy, it, it just, you, you know what to look for, you know, what the younger generation is going to want. And, you know, I think that's a really important thing to kind of talk about is we're, we're seeing this massive shift, right? Guys like you and me who are coming up and having something to say about the environment and about our oceans and about our eco- ecosystems versus, you know, an, an older generation that's kind of, they've done their part right? They're, they're kind of moving to the wayside, not to say that what they did wasn't amazing because we wouldn't be where we are today if it weren't for them. Right. The, you know, since the, 
the 1960s, we've seen a drastic, you know, push towards environmentalism, you know, and even in the past 10 years with the advent of social media and, you know, guys like yourself who've created these brands, it's perpetuated even further. So it's been really cool to kind of see a lot of younger people getting involved and invested in our environments, knowing the importance of it. So you being a younger guy, where do you kind of see the future of, I guess, of Meng, but also of the industry as a whole and how not only brands that are focused on the environment, but brands that might not be focused on the environment that are now taking into consideration sustainability, right? And having this movement towards, you know, a more sustainable future. And I guess I could give an example of like, you know, a boatyard, right? Now boatyards can get connected with a sea bin right? A sea bin, which collects the trash and takes it out of their harbors and, and so on and so forth. Whereas previously they weren't really interested in that. Right. But now it's almost a value add for their customer to have a sea bin, right? People actually care. Right. So where do you kind of see that all flowing and going? Oh, that's pretty big. Um, I think from the perspective that I see, I see a lot of new brands coming up still. Day, like even when I started, man, there was brand after brand every day. And it was a little discouraging. I was like, but you know what? What makes us unique is we plant, we're going to plant mangroves, right? And that right. was like the whole the whole driver. So uh, what I don't want to see, how about I start there? What Go I don't want to see, I don't want to see greenwashing. Yeah. I don't want to see people say, hey, we get back to this and we're doing good for the environment. Are you? We're giving 10% back of profits that we don't have or that don't exist, that don't go anywhere, that we don't have to be accountable for. Mm-hmm. I think that's like what drives me insane because I know the economics of running an apparel brand. Mm-hmm. I know the economics, unless you are fully funded by something, you are literally not going to be profitable for the first three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like legit, like unless you're like an anomaly, we'll call it. How about that? Like unless you're just like some something special that's just out of this world and you have no backers or no investors. So to start a brand and say, we're going to give 10% of our profits back to this or that. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) You're not about it. (laughs) So, I I mean, if you are, it's going to be a very, very, very minimal effort. So that's why we were like, well, we don't have any money. So we can't just start throwing money (laughs) out before we even have it. Right. So that's why we started growing mangroves. So greenwashing is something I don't want to see a lot of. I want to see a lot of action. I want to see a lot of people building education platforms. I want to see people, a lot of people getting involved with their, their local communities, whether that's trash pickups, uh, cleanups, whatever it is, helping out kids with disabilities or whatever it is. Cause you can literally create brands around everything. There's brands created around veterans and helping veterans. Mm-hmm. There's brands created around all this stuff. But what I want to see is I want to see action. I don't want to see just, Oh, we donated 10% and I feel good about my day. Right. It's like, that's not the, that's not the goal here. People, you got to get to work. Right. It's just like, Got to get to work and get the, get like do good things and be a good person and and be a part of your community, not just like oh I have this amazing brand I give ten percent back right and then that's you know and everyone's wearing my gear now and I give ten percent right. and I think that's great. Um, I, I'm not saying it's bad because mm-hmm. I believe in capitalism, I believe in all that stuff, I believe in this, but I think for our communities who seem to be drifting apart more and more year after year, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, um, especially in, in more recent years, um, with our whole political spectrum, or we won't we won't get into that. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but, but the unifying thing that we all need to realize is we're yeah. all here together. We're all in the same community. We're all in the same ecosystem, and we can choose to be miserable or we can be choose to be happy with each other. Mm-hmm. So we all have that choice. 
Um, whether you don't like Jimmy because he voted for God knows who or, or whatever, mm-hmm. that's not an issue, dude. We all, we all have difference of opinions and we all need to be open to hearing those opinions no matter what. Right. Cause what it is, that's what make the world go around freedom of speech, freedom of this, freedom of that. Yeah. You know, it's not one, it's not this way or the highway. Right. It's not this team or that team. You right. know, I know. It's like it's almost like we're in a big a big football game these days. It's like doesn't even make sense. It, it seems you know? like it. it's not football. It's people's lives. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And we all you need know, to be. We all need to be a Tom Brady here. Come on, people. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Tom. He can lift the team up yeah, and take come, it as football. Come on, Tom. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, I think you're. That's my perspective. There. I just I want to see people doing good work. I want to see people. I, I'm hoping that my mission has, I know I already know my mission has, has literally inspired thousands of kids, mm-hmm. you know, who reach out to us through social media and say, Hey, you know, like, how do I get started? Or how do I do this? And how do I do that? A lot of times I'm not there for you for to, to like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and say, you need to do this X, Y, Z. Right. I just say, get to, I just say, get to work. Yeah. We do it. Yeah. Keith and I did it. We just, I don't, I can't tell you every step along the way you're going to yeah. learn. It's going to be a completely different hurdle. You're yeah. going to deal with trademarks. You're going to deal with trademark law. You're going to deal with, you're going to deal with how to balance your books. You're mm-hmm. going to deal with paying your credit card bills off before you get charged. You're right. going to deal with, you know, you're going to have to, you're just going to be accountable for yeah. everything you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, I just say, just get ready. Like when a new kid comes up to me and say, hey, I'm going to start an apparel brand. My first thing I always say, what kind of running shoes you got? <laughs> I'll say, cause get running. Cause if you're not ready, don't do it. Yeah. Legit. Don't get into the, the apparel industry is mean, dude. Go yeah. find something else. It's, it's not fun. <laughs> but I, Ethan and I are always scratching heads like, man, we could have done something a lot different, couldn't we? Like, yeah, we could have, but we're making a big difference, aren't we? I said, yeah, we are. And yeah. so we're doing something. Good. Yeah. So it's just, it's a really, it's a cutthroat industry. There's a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people flashing prices, um, but you just have to hold strong and be patient. Right. And build, and build a following of people that love you for who you are and what you do and how you do it. Right. So. And not only that, but have a mission behind it. You know, because everyone needs a mangrove. You could live in your I'm in Rhode Island and I need a mangrove because the ecosystems down there, you know, reverberate up into the northeast. So I think that's really, you know, it's super important to have that perspective and and the perspective that you guys have kind of forged Mang on. So, you know, if someone wants to get involved in Mang, whether it be buying a shirt or following you on Instagram or, hey, come on out and plant some mangroves with us. How do how does someone do that? That's great. Uh, great question. So on our website, on, on our mission page, people can get involved in our, our local volunteer projects here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, most of those are, are originate right now. They're, they've been kind of because of COVID that they've been all localized to Palm Beach County. Sure. So we do once a month, we plant in the wild. And then once a month, we actually have a nursery, an outdoor nursery day. So people can oh, come cool. plant, you know, seedlings with us and learn about the process a little bit and actually get their hands dirty. Um, outside of that, yes, you can, you can be, we're, we're building, we're rebuilding our brand ambassador program. So we're, we're going to be kind of picking select people around the world that are going to be ambassadors for the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have a captain's program um, that's going to be uh, utilizing captains as an education source because they, they actually touch thousands of people each year and they should have a rubric for teaching people about the environment while people are aboard. Um, the captains will obviously be associated with Mang. Um, so we're looking for some, some key captains, um, both, you know, locally here in, in Florida and then I don't know how we reach <clears throat> to captains in Rhode Island mm-hmm. and stuff like that. 
there's got to be a tie to all the, the ecosystems and like why salt marks is important or why this is important or yep. whatever it is because it's all coastal ecosystems and everything serves its purpose right yeah so but like you said there is that glue and it's right down here in florida and if florida's ecosystem's out of whack then the whole fishery up the east coast <laughs> is out of whack yes yeah. we are a big bloom of fish and productivity down here and people just don't really realize how how critical Florida's ecosystems being healthy are. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kyle, man, it's been a real pleasure being able to have you and chat and just talk about your passion. And then, you know, you're extremely enthusiastic about the entire thing, which is really cool to see. And as a younger guy and, you know, myself, it's, uh, it's inspiring. So yeah, thank you for being on the show. It was a pleasure being able to talk with you and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to chat again. Yeah, sounds good, man. Yeah, let me know if you ever need anything, and if you make it down here, <laughs> we'll go. Do some, we'll go. We'll go do some snook fishing, and I'll All make right. sure you plan a make. Yeah, about that. All right. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can do that. Cool. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Along the Keel. It was great having Kyle on the show to talk all about Mang. And it was just such an inspiring story about these two young guys who were really motivated to make a change in their environment. You know, sometimes people tend to want to make a change, but then there's also putting action towards that change. And I just love how they wrap it up into a successful apparel company and one that is kind of changing the landscape of the business as well as of their environment. So it's a, it's a double win. And not to mention, it's a one-for-one one deal that is like none other. I mean, you're literally, for every shirt that you're getting, you are planting a mangrove and changing the environment and helping the ecosystem uh, come back to life. I mean, they've planted over 142 acres of mangroves so far, and pretty much you can link that to $11.1 million in ecosystem services. So these guys are making a definite change, and I'm excited to have been able to help them tell their story on Along the Keel. But as always, make sure to go over to our social media. I appreciate you guys tuning into the show. But if you could go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super helpful, as well as going over to our Instagram, giving us a like, sharing some posts, as well as shooting us a follow. That's also super important. It helps let us know that we're going in the right direction. So with that, we will catch you on the next episode of Along the Keel, but also sign up for our newsletter. At the end of the month, we are going to be announcing a, uh, a new site, and uh, we're excited to be doing that. It's been a long road to get there, and um, I know the consistency of the show has been a little up and down during the summer. I'm a full-time captain, so it's a little bit busy, but we also have some exciting stuff in the works. So go sign up. Hope you guys enjoy the show, and as always, work hard, do good, be incredible, and have an awesome day.